This is Dave Lyle, a.k.a. The Mad Scientist, and you're listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please, go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical. All right, good people. How's it going for everyone? We're back at it again with another installation of the M-W Tactical Podcast. And like always, sitting across from me is my main man, the mad scientist himself, Dave. What's going on, Dave? What's going on, Mike? I'm back. We're both back from the battle at the beach. It was a tough battle. It was a battle that that got me. It it whipped me. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I'm pretty sure you can hear it in my voice that um, I am wore out, man. I am truly wore out. I am too. I really am. Yeah. So um, my thing was I went down there, I shot the match, and then I turned around and worked the match. And between the rain and the sun, oh, it got the best of me. Um, it, it's a difficult thing to do. Uh, I mean, you 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 were out there for three days straight. Is that right? Correct. Correct. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. Yeah. But um, before we start talking about what took place in the match. I want to go ahead and remind everyone that we got the Kita Bussy class coming to Columbia, South Carolina this weekend. So Saturday and Sunday is the basic class, and on Monday is her advanced class. Now, of course, if you have already taken her basic class before, you are able to take the advanced class. But if you haven't taken um, either one of them, you can't just show up at the um, advanced class. Come so, out. Come out, check it out with us. Um, if you are interested in taking both classes, you can do them back to back. Take the basic class, um, and then you know the following day also do the advanced class. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to it, and just to see how this is going to work out for me and my game approach. But um, for those who are looking to sign up, head on over to the M-W Tactical Facebook page, and under events, you'll see the two tabs for the Kita Bussy movement class, one to be basic, the other would be advanced, or just head on over to Instagram on the munitions weapons tactical page and click on the link in the bio and it'll take you straight to the registration page. So this is going to be a fun time because you talked up the class. So I'm really looking forward to it now. Uh, it is a good class, man. And she's really helped me out uh, with movement, especially. Um, she knows what she's doing with shooting too, but her class is mainly focused on movement, right. um, moving efficiently throughout a stage, planning a stage, um, you know, and then in, in shooting into position, shooting out of position, um, you know, different techniques for leaving, just um, really a lot of techniques and, and knowledge that she provides for cutting down your, your stage times. Yeah, I'm looking forward to um, soaking up some new knowledge that will help me out as far as my movement because that is something I've been struggling with for a while when it actually came into my conscious mind when I was looking at some of my videos of me shooting. So, 
This weekend is going to be the tall tale sign, and we're going to make it work. <laughs> She's going to make you work too. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it's all it's all good though. I mean, it's it's stuff you need to do if you're trying to uh, you know pick up your game. Yeah, so going to be fun time. So once again, head on over to the M-W Tactical Facebook page or the Instagram page and click on the link in the bio or click on the events tab and register for the class. So moving forward, we was at the South Carolina sectional battle at the beach, which we already talked about last week and we discussed a little bit already. And this started out to be an 11 stage match. Weather conditions changed it to be an eight stage match. So like I told you, I was working out there and then that Friday, it turned out to be um, a 10 stage match. Three hours later, now <laughs> a nine stage match. And then another hour or two later, then it became an eight stage match. So it was tough, man, that we had so much rain Friday. Um, well, what, I think we had rain Thursday and Friday. Yeah, it, oh. it rained every day out there. Saturday. It did rain Saturday afternoon, too. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, but the match was over by then. But it was muddy. It was some of the stages were better than others. A couple of them in the back, the, the new bays they built, they were uh, just about underwater for for shooting on friday so i wanted to um i think stage 10 it was at the time um just ended up it wasn't safe to shoot anymore so they ended up tossing that stage out and the other two that were in that that back portion of the range were really muddy and those guys were working their tails off trying to keep those stages alive bringing in dirt um the the path coming down there was so bad they couldn't even bring the golf carts down so they were dragging these wheelbarrows full of dirt you know by hand back there just trying to keep the stages dry enough to shoot those those guys at the um range did they worked their tails off whole weekend yeah like i said i, I do want to give a a special consideration a big hand clap for the staff the upper staff who was working the match um miss linda jenny cook mike adams mike fritz tony tim um everybody <laughs> like they did what they had to do to keep that match alive with the conditions that was given to them so i think if this would have been anybody else they would have just called it off and I, I wouldn't even know how that would have taken approach i i don't we had something similar happen to a another sectional match last year due to the weather you know issues and and it was canceled and it you know it it didn't go over well but it was out of their control, but these guys did a great job. Thank you so much for making this match happen, keeping it going. It was rough for everyone, especially the, the staff there. Yeah. So, like we said beforehand, three stages got tossed out, and that only left eight stages. So, working our way down off of what I can remember, stage one. Um, this was a fairly complex stage, but it was mainly based off of your movement and my way of looking at it. 
So depending on how you started and how you move to pick up a target behind a fence, you know, how you step forward, lean to the side, it played a part in your time, of course. And on stage one, as soon as it started, I got DQ. Oh, man. Yeah, negligent discharge on coming out the holster. And the worst part about it was had a mental snafu on the previous stage. And, of course, when we go up to stage one, because I did like three or four stages all together, and pulled the gun out the holster, didn't have a good grip on it. It's already raining now also. And when I felt the gun like, kind of shifting my hand a little bit thinking that it was out of control and as soon as i cinched down on it to try to you know close that grip a little tighter gun went off man yeah no one was hurt it uh mm-hmm. just went into the dirt but it was the end of your battle at the beach yeah. well that, it was the end of the battle but i still had to go feed the beast and work it <laughs> <laughs> so um that's what ended up happening. Like I said, the shot literally went off approximately four to five feet in front of me, you know? So, and the sad part about it is um, the RO was my buddy, Derek Hernandez, who is a match director at mid Carolina. And I just turned and looked at him and I literally saw the look of disappointment. Like, Oh man, I thought she was going to do so good. (laughs) this match <laughs> i really wanted to see how how you were going to end up too yeah so. but you know the, with the conditions like that that stuff that really has to be considered and it's part of the reason why some of the stages were thrown out because of the conditions they weren't safe and stuff like that comes up right. when everything's wet your gun's wet your hands are wet mm-hmm. um it, it makes it tough everything everything about <laughs> everything you're doing out there is, is harder yeah, so pretty much when I started working the match, I was more focused on the mistakes that took place when I was shooting and thinking of ways to make it better and how to move forward past it. And not so much letting it eat me up, but because I was working the match and my routine was literally walking down, pasting, coming back or timer you know, call out the scores, walk back or tablet, you know, so I had a lot of time to sit there and think. So I kind of let it beat me up over the weekend because normally when something like that happens, I just roll it off my shoulders and keep going. Yeah, I was I was kind of curious to see. I know that would probably just, you know, drive me crazy, too, um, mm-hmm. having that happen and then having to sit there and watch all the shooters come through and, yeah, and you know, you're still there for two more days. Yeah. But, um, I want to say the three matches that, or three stages that I'd done because two stages was one. And I don't know, I want to say I could have swore they like was grading them in two different tablets, but I, I really can't remember exactly how it went, but, I know we did like three or four stages before um, we got to one, but I did actually shoot a little bit. So when we get there, we can talk about that and I'm going to post videos on all that stuff as well. So how did you do on stage one? So the, the stage numbers got mixed up a little bit, but I think stage one, was that the one you you started in a, 
fairly large shooting box and you had big wide transitions from yes. across the stage. Yeah. So that one, um, I did okay with it. I finished, uh, what did I do? Like a 7.4 hit factor. Um, it was a pretty interesting stage. Like you were saying, cause you had really wide transitions. I think you had, mm -hmm. you had to at least make one, two, one, two. I think there were at least three, like really wide transitions, almost like 170 degrees. Right. So that was, that was kind of interesting. Um, stage there you had to also maneuver yourself like you were saying to get in the right position so you could see the targets while you're making these wide transitions almost you know from one side of the stage to the other mm -hmm. um but it, it was interesting I, and had a couple shooting positions there or shooting boxes um transitions are, are a big thing that a lot of people you know kind of suffer with you know that put the transitions, your transitions to the test on that stage. It was fun. Yeah. So after um, that happened on that stage, like I said, I walked away, so I couldn't tell you how anybody else ran it. I just know what my plan was. And I was the first shooter on stage one. <laughs> so I didn't get to see nobody else shoot it. So got my stuff together, um, put my stuff up. And then I just walked straight over to the stage, which was stage two where I was working at. <laughs> and of course, stage two was a stage sponsored by Lucky Shot Firearms, which when I actually saw Lucky, I told Lucky, Lucky, you got me. I got DQ'd. Lucky walked out to the middle of the road. It was like, hey, everybody, I beat my... <laughs> he, uh, he found me somewhere at the match and told me that. He's like, what, what's, what is it now? It's two, two to one? Yeah, two to one, it's favorite. Okay. Yeah, he found me somewhere. I don't know if he was still shooting or what, but he found me while I was in between <laughs> stages. <laughs> He's not taking it easy on you at all. No, nah, I don't blame him. <laughs> I mean, I did talk it up, and I, I would have done the same thing. I would have done the same thing. But I think I would have took more pictures and all. <laughs> but my man Lucky got me, so congratulations, Lucky. He's up two to one. But we still got till November before this challenge is over with and I'm going to pull out on this. One. I'm going to pull ahead. Watch what I tell you. But uh, stage two was um, one of the stages I really wanted to do on that first series of stages before you got all the way back to the mud pit. Yeah. And I only really seen one way I thought would have been efficient to run it. Now, there was one guy who was shooting single stack and he was left-handed. Mm, okay. And the way I would have done it was as soon as I came off the chair, picked a gun and loaded it up off the table, stepped into the shooting area, I would have took the, the two shots behind the barrel, the north and south targets, transitioned to my heart left, take those two behind the barrel as I'm moving forward, and then behind that barrel, that one, go to the edge, knock out those two, do a reload, come back around um, that corner, jumping back into the shooting box, and then hitting those three targets, and then fade off to the end and hit those last two. But this guy that I'm talking about, he did it backwards. Like he shot 
the two on the left, then went to the two on the right, then took off to the far right-hand corner of the stage of the fault line okay. um, at the very top, shot those two that I said was going to be last, right? Executed a reload, and then he went into the port and did everything backwards. So that's something that I I don't really have a lot of practice stage or planning stages with such a limited round count like that. So this was an unloaded table start. So for single stack, you're only going to start with eight rounds in the magazine. Mm -hmm. So that really could change your, your stage plan dramatically from what us um, high cap shooters would, would, you know, look at and approaching a stage plan. Yeah. So but he had a reload he would have to do after four shots. So mm -hmm. maybe that made maybe that made more sense. He put the long run in there while he was reloading to kind of absorb some of the time. And that's what I said. And I want to say his time was like it was either 15 or 16 seconds. He was moving. And I was like, wow. But majority of everybody came in and the only difference that I've seen a lot of people do. They took the targets coming off the table to the left first and then went to the right versus it didn't really make sense for me to start off on the left, go to the right, then move. You know, why didn't you just do the right transition and start your movement and then take up the one behind the barrel and do everything else? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I saw people do that also. And hmm. it's I don't know. It added another transition into your you're shooting if you did start on the left and then and then well i guess it added two transitions actually well no because you still would have to make one but anyway it added an unnecessary transition right from from going left to right um and i don't know that's how i originally looked at it and then of course when i was out there doing my um walkthrough the day before i literally stayed out there for three hours doing my walkthrough and getting my stage preps before I was like, okay, this is how I'm going to run it. And of course, stage one was an easy one to figure out because to me, you really couldn't only but do but one or two things unless you wanted to like start in a difficult position and then shoot one side and step back to step back up. So you would have had to throw an extra step in there. But um, to me, stage two, was one of those stages that flowed together. And if you executed it, you know, to your full capability, it would have panned out for you. Yeah, it was, um, it, with the exception of the first two shots or first two targets, which were partials, um, everything else you could shoot on a move, like through the whole stage, you just kind of flowed through there and you'd finish up, you know, at the end without ever right. stopping. Yep. Now, um, Moving on to stage three, I can't remember stage three because once I got DQ'd, I didn't walk back down that way but one time, and that was just to use um, the latrine a couple times throughout the day. Yeah, so this one this one was pretty interesting, and it actually had a couple different ways you could shoot this. You had two different options for start positions. Mm -hmm. Both of the start positions were uprange. Mm -hmm. So regardless of which one you chose, you were still going to have to retreat. <clears throat> and and well, did I say that right? No, the start positions were downrange. Yes, and then you you would have to retreat and come back uprange. Hmm. Um, so one one of the start positions was on the left side of the bay. The other one was on the right side of the bay. And the targets were 
Um, they were set up where you had to come back up to the, the, you know, toward the entrance of the bay to see certain targets that were hidden behind barrels. Right. So it, it left you with the, with the choice there. You could engage targets from the start position, but you would also only, you could only see, you know, two, two or three targets from that one position. You would have to retreat no matter what. So it left you with the choice. Do you, do you stay there and take these targets up close right off out of the holster or do you run back and get you a position where you can see more targets, but they're a little further away? Um, and you had the choice to start on the left or right-hand side. So there, you saw some different stage plans there that were probably you know pretty comparable, but it, it just gave you an option of, of how you wanted to shoot the stage. Hmm, okay. Yeah, like I said, I, I, I walked through all the stages before they start pulling stages. I just don't remember what stage three is right now and i don't have the matchbook in front of me either so i should let me pull that up as well so i can look at that so if that's the one i'm think i'm thinking of it is is the one they called manta ray like i said the number the stage number changed um a little bit because some of the stages were tossed out but right and that was kind of confusing also when um a lot of people were coming over um, to the stage and was like, hey, I'm, I'm, where do I supposed to start? You know, I'm squat, whatever. And I'm more like, I don't know. They changed the stuff. So that was part of the briefing that y'all should have got. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't know. We were, <laughs> we were told Saturday just to go by the stage name, not necessarily the stage number. So that's, we just kept having to, you know, relay back to what the name of the stage was called. Right. Now, stage four, I believe that was the memory stage. And this was the other one that I was really looking forward to shooting. And the thing about this stage is I literally walked this stage for 45 minutes before I figured it out how I can make it work. <laughs> and when I say 45 minutes, it wasn't 45 straight minutes. I stayed on it for roughly 10 to 15 minutes the first time. And then I said, okay, well, let me just come back where I'm not so much thinking about what else I have to deal with. And I can come back and figure it out after I figure everything else out. So um, went ahead, went to stage five, which was one of the stages that got tossed out. Then I went to the next stage was the clamshell stage, which also got tossed out. And then, I really wanted to shoot that one. I didn't get to shoot that one. That one looked like yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, so so many people was talking about it. And, of course, me and Lucky was talking about it. And he said, like, the clamshells was moving really fast. And he said, you think you can actually do that? And I was like, yeah, I think I can. You know, because that's what I've been practicing a lot of, those, you know, quick shots like that on moving targets. Yeah. So um, it ended up getting tossed out. So, of course, I didn't get to shoot it. But the thing is, I want to say the reason why I got tossed out is because you know how they leave that one target on. So when they change out targets, it's in the same exact location. Yeah. Yeah. I think the added weight slowed it down. And also with the rain added to it, made it even go slower. <laughs> so, oh, so, okay. Yeah. That one didn't look so muddy. I wasn't really sure why that one got tossed out. Yeah. But. That's okay. what I think it was. I, I didn't hear nobody talk about it, but I want to say I heard one person talk about it. 
Well, I was even like, that's not a muddy area. So, well, that's uh, that's a consideration because if, if you're in the rain, they were probably having to bag the targets. Mm-hmm. And then the water weight is, yeah, it would change the speed of those things for sure and wouldn't make it, you know, equally. Um, the speed wouldn't be equal for everyone. So, right. So I could see that. Yeah. So, um, so moving on. Oh, well, let me go ahead and ask you this. So, of course, I came back to the stage like two more times before I was like, okay, I figured it out. I got it. For that memory memory stage? Yeah, for the memory stage. Yeah. So I did the same thing. I, I looked at it Friday mm-hmm. for – I didn't get to spend a whole lot of time on it because there were squads coming in and out shooting. Right. I probably spent 20 minutes on it Friday, and I felt like I was close. But I, I really wanted to spend – I felt like I needed a few more minutes on it. So I came there early Saturday morning before our squad started shooting and, and got my plan finalized to – what I thought was was finalized plan there, <laughs> right? <laughs> I felt so, good about it anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let me let me back this up here. So stage three, according to the matchbook, you know. So stage three was the the mantra stage or manta state manta ray stage that you had stated. Um, stage four was not the memory stage. Um, stage four was the one where you had um you could start anywhere in the shooting area and if you started off on the far left you take that one target on the outside of the wall and then you got to kneel down a little bit and take that shot to come back between the other two oh, targets okay yeah um, so that one was called the thresher and this was another one whereas i took a little bit of extra time about 20 25 minutes trying to figure it out and I actually spoke to Wally to get some help on it and he actually told me something that would help out so I was like okay cool that's what I'm going to do but I didn't get a chance to try it well that was a pretty cool stage because you you started like you were saying on a lot of really close targets and you had some transitions to far targets that were they were out there pretty good maybe 20 yards if you were to engage you know some of those targets in the back yes so there was definitely like a big speed change up um, mm-hmm. there, which was it's interesting, you know, test of your of your skills there. Yeah. But now how did you do on that one? So I finished, let's see, I finished that stage tenth place overall. Mm-hmm. Um I did okay with it. I really I don't know. I think I dropped too many points on it. I think I would have done I did. I actually had I had fourteen Charlies and thirteen alphas, so um, I just I shot too many Charlies, left too many points out there. My time was pretty good. Hmm. Just um, wasn't quite accurate enough. Gotcha. So now stage five, according to the matchbook, that's what I'm going by is the matchbook, not what they had out there at um the actual range. So stage five was called Sharknado, the memory stage. Yeah. So this is the one where I stood out there for 45 minutes figuring it out. And then when I actually figured it out, I was like, cool, got it. And it was one, like I told you, I was truly looking forward to this because it just looked and came across as being a very challenging stage. So that's that's why I was looking so, so much to shooting it. 
it was definitely challenging. <laughs> it was really challenging. I went back out, you know, like I, I probably spent at least 30 minutes. Um, I would have liked to spend a little bit more time, you know, working on my plan and my actual performance on that stage kind of, you know, confirmed that I needed to spend a little more time on it, but mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't do terrible on it. I, I had a pretty decent time. I shot good points on it, but I ended up engaging one target twice. So, you know, it's just a waste of time. I had four alphas on one target and, you know, I don't know what it cost me at least uh, half a second, three quarters of a second. That was just unnecessary. Right. So. What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please. Go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical. Going forward to stage six. This was the all still stage that got thrown out. So I don't even know if you got to see that stage. I I didn't even walk it. It was tossed out before I got to the range. Gotcha. I saw it from a distance, but I didn't even go down and into the bay to look at it. All right. So now stage seven is a stage with the clamshell because they had the door to activate it, the clamshells. So once again, it got tossed out. But then again, I didn't even get to shoot it because I think it was still in play when I was still shooting. But later on, it got tossed out. So, but you didn't even shoot that one either, did you? No, I saw um, Wally's squad shoot it. Uh, you know, I was watching it. Trying, I got a good stage plan for it, but um, it was gone by the time I got there Saturday. I didn't, I didn't shoot it either. Right. So now, stage eight. Stage eight is the one that had that really low port at the end. If you was to take it going from left to right. Yeah. yeah. At the top. So like I said, I had a great plan going through it. It was a mini memory stage in my opinion, but I felt like the movement would have been more critical to make it all come together. So I, my plan was not to stay flat footed, but to creep going from left to right. Once, like you said, I, I didn't get to execute it. So, well, that I think that would have been a great plan, and that's that's the way I shot it. All those targets in the center, you could uh, you could take on the move if you were you know like cross cross stepping. Mm-hmm. Um, you had two different ports. I think the first port had four targets that you could engage as you're moving from left to right, and then the, the port right beside it, there were three targets, and then then you had those two real small windows, that one high window, and then the low window. And then you had a final target outside the wall. So that low window almost threw me for a loop, man. That one was really low and it was in the mud <laughs> and it, it was, it was tough. Um, I think if I, if I were to shoot it again, I would, I would take a different approach on that low window than what I did. But um, I ended up fourth and open on that stage. It wasn't bad. I had a pretty good time on it, decent hits, but I could have, I could have done a little better on it. So when I was sitting there doing my walkthrough and planning out this stage, my original plan was when I come to that second to the last window that was still high, 
Yeah. Take, take those two bleeding off to the right and then just kind of dropping to my knee and then, you know, putting it in there. But then I just realized like, oh, all I got to do is really just bend over and bring the gun back to my chest and just two quick shots and just keep it moving. So I tried to just get down really low, like squat down and stick the gun through the bottom window without aiming and mm -hmm. like point it at the target. <laughs> Did it work for you? <laughs> well, I got two hits on the target and they were both right. deltas. So they, they definitely could have been better. <laughs> yeah. I thought I had a delta mic when I finished. I looked back at that target, and only saw one hole in it. And I was like, oh crap, man. I missed it. And um, but my second delta hit a patch and in the corner of the patch folded over and covered mm -hmm. the hole up to where, where I was standing up above it i couldn't see the hole right but when we walked around the wall and looked at it i mean there's clearly two hits on it but they weren't very good hits <laughs> hey two deltas is better than two mics <laughs> yeah yeah it is <laughs> so like i said that was another stage that i felt would have been a challenging state all these stages were pretty much challenging in my opinion you know they, yeah they definitely were they all had different um yeah, they all challenged, you know, different aspects of, of your shooting. I think it covered the, the gamut. I mean, you had to you had to be on your game, um, you know, to, to do well on these stages. All right. So now moving on to stage nine, which was called low tide. Okay. This one was um, the third stage I'd done because this is the one that had two stages in one. Yeah. All right, so you had to start in the middle, and it kind of made like um, I want to say um, like a science tube that's almost shaped like a triangle with the long tip on the end of it. And if you take that and lay it down with the long tip facing where the competitors stand at, um, like at the scoring table, I guess you can say, mm -hmm. that's how the shooting area was. A so pi pipette. Is that what that's called? Yeah. <laughs> I'm the mad scientist. I'm supposed to know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so now on this one, I've seen people run this um, one way because everybody in front of me was doing the same exact thing, which was started with the hands on X, going to the right, shooting the tuxedo, the four steel, then running all the way to the um, left, shoot the one target in the back, then run back up, and then shoot the two targets behind the barrel. So my plan was I started both hands on the X, went to the right, shot the tuxedo, all steel, but then I went all the way back up to the far uh, left-hand corner at the top of the pipe, shot the um, far target, and then I shot the two close targets. Yeah, I, I shot it the same way you did, and I saw other people you know, going from – right side of the wall to the left side of the wall and then retreating. Mm -hmm. And I didn't see a point in it. I just thought it was a waste of time. The only reason that you might want to do that is if you're not comfortable with, you know, slightly longer shots. Right. That's the only way it would make sense. But then that just means you need to practice more. But <laughs> I almost won that stage. I got second um, overall on it. And when I was retreating, I was coming back into that, that last position on the left, like you were talking about. And it was really muddy, and I was sliding around in the position, and I was off balance. And I got kind of two bad shots on that first target, but then, you know, cleaned up the last two with um, 
two alphas, but I had a Charlie Delta on that target coming in as I was sloshing through the mud. If I would have had better hits on that one, I would have won that stage. Now on that one, when I came all the way up to the far left corner on that far target, I ended up getting two Charlies on it. So it was it, you had I don't know it was the all the mud was like packed in right in there in a corner I guess from all the competitors you know running it throughout the day. Right. It was just a, that's really the only stage that I can that I can remember where the the mud really affected me. Other than the speed, I mean I was slow throughout the day just because of you know the conditions but i didn't really lose my balance or or slide too much other than that one stage right there well on stage seven um called low tide i ended up running it in 13.40 seconds i ended up having 10 alphas and two charlies so i was right there i had 10 alphas and a Charlie Delta, which I've got on that one target. Everything else was alpha. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, um, like I said, um, I felt confident in that stage. So, um, like I said, um, wasn't bad. That was a fun, fun, yeah. quick, quick little stage. But I also believe that if they would have, have um, if they would have taken um, the weather out, it would have been a whole lot better for us all. You know. Oh, it definitely would. Yeah. Yeah. You would have seen a lot better times. Now, remember the stage Manta Ray that we was talking about? The way you described it, I was like, hold on. That was the stage I started on, which was stage eight the morning I shot it <laughs> before they changed up the numbers again. So now that I'm looking at the matchbook, I actually, this is the stage that I started on the Manta Ray stage. Okay. Is that the same one I'm, I'm talking about? With the two start, different start positions? Yes. It, it made okay. like a double T in the back. Yeah. Yeah. So what I did on this stage, um, which was the next stage for me, which was um, I started on the left, two left X's. I shot the two that I could see off to my right. Right, because you you had the walls bleeding, whereas you couldn't see them after you moved back a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Then I ran all the way back to the far um, left corner of the fault line, and I gauged um, the four targets because one of them was um, a partial, and then two of them had no shoots cover them also. So I engaged all four of those, started my movement to the middle, shot the far target. That was in the center. Mm -hmm. Cracked my reload as I'm transitioning and moving towards my right. And then when I got set, right, as I'm still moving, I still shot the one target that was outside and just kind of made my way back inside, which was um, after it was four targets on that right side altogether. So I shot yeah, all those yeah. instinct and then made that transition and shot the one on the bottom. So now let me back up a little bit. When I was shooting the one in the middle, I also shot the top left one that was aligned with the center also because I was moving as I was shooting. So it opened up that target. I, okay. The, um, the one that was behind the wall on the left side of the center array? Correct. You were able to see because you were moving toward the right side of the stage? Okay. Correct. Yeah, I got yeah. you. Yeah. So, um, and then... Um, 
looking at the scores, I ended up getting 20 alphas, five Charlies, one Delta, and I did it in 22.09 seconds. And on my squad, that was the second fastest because of it was a guy shooting carry optics, and he blazed it. So, all right. So I had that. I had 20 alphas, six Charlies on that one. I did it a little bit different. I, I ran right off the start. I ran to the back left corner. Mm-hmm. And then I took how many were on the left side there before you, I think there were three, three or four targets before you got toward the center array. Correct. Three or four on the left. Four. It was four. Four. Okay. And then the two that you could see in the center array, I took those on the move as I was moving toward the center. Mm-hmm. And then I just ran all the way to the right side of the, of the bay at that point. And I moved in on that partial. That was the far right target. I took everything else that was on the right and then leaning around the outside of that right wall, I took that far um, partial that was pretty much just like the top of the A box. Right. And then I, then I came back around and took the two um, that were on the left side of the center array. So I actually finished on those two that were on the center array from the left um, that weren't visible. So I finished fourth on that stage. Um Nice, d- d- decent hits, but I don't know. I, yeah. I was I was happy with it. Yeah. So, like I said, um, that's another stage that I, I would like to see recreated in a different way, because it was almost like a mini memory stage, also. But you didn't have to really memorize every anything. It was just a matter of timing and foot placement. Yeah, so uh, Travis and I were actually looking at that stage, saying that same thing. Like, man, we should we should do this at our, you know, at our club at CSRA Shooters. We should do something like it because it was a cool stage and it gave you a lot of different options for, you know, that were probably equally as as you know good or as efficient. But it just gave you options if you wanted to shoot it differently, you could, right. and it'd be fairly easy to recreate. So you might see it again at CSRA Shooters, something similar to it. Hey, like I said, I'm ready for the challenge. <laughs> ready for that challenge. All right. So now moving on to the next stage in the matchbook. This one is called High Tide, and the matchbook is stage 10. And what I actually did with this one, and I seen um it ran two different ways. But what I did was standing on the X, I immediately stepped to my far left, took out those two that was one was hidden behind the barrel and the one that was open. And then I just kind of leaned back to the right, shot the four steel, shot at the swinger, and then took like another step or two to the right, shot the tuxedo, mm-hmm. and then made that quick transition to that one target behind the barrel. Okay. Yeah. So um, when I did that one, um, I did it in 13.70 seconds, um, six alphas, four Charlies, one Delta. And this is the one I had the three mics on. Oh, where? Let's see. You said two. You had a one mic on the swinger. Yeah, one mic on the swinger, and then the two shots on the tuxedo. I had all my shot because I shot three times at the tuxedo. All the shots were on target, but it was all in the black on the tuxedo. Gosh, those are tough, man. Because all you have available is the alpha zone. You walk down there and look at the target, and they're like half an inch outside of the alpha box. But it doesn't matter. Because it's hardcover and you don't get scored for it. <laughs> exactly. That hurts my feelings when I see that. 
Yeah. So now this is the same stage where as the, the mental snafu that I was telling you about earlier started for me. Okay. So um, it is what it is, but yeah, nothing to harp on. <laughs> I, I tried it a little different. I didn't, I think I had a good plan, but I didn't execute it the way I wanted to. Um, now, I missed I miss my first shot, I think is what started, mm. set it in going the wrong way for me. No oh, man. What, what were you going to say? Yeah, so I seen the way Rob did it, and I think it was him and one other person done it this way. Whereas when they came in, they stepped in and did the tuxedo first, the steel, the swinger, then went back to the one behind the barrel to make that one leap to the two that was on the far left. I did something kind of similar. Um, I... When I was looking at this thing, trying to plan it out, I didn't get to see the activation very often. So, mm -hmm. so I didn't know my timing precisely, but I felt like my plan anyway was to come in and start on the activator steel, which was a small piece of steel in the back left corner of the four steel array. Right. So I wanted to hit that one first, clean up the other three pieces of steel, and the, I felt like the timing would, at that point, that swinger would be right there fully presented for me to pick up two on the swinger mm -hmm. and then go to the tuxedo afterwards. Right. And I left the tuxedo. Also, I, I made it a conscious choice to leave that tuxedo in case I missed the timing of the swinger. Mm. I wouldn't just be standing there not shooting anything. I could go pick up that tuxedo target if I needed to. Right. Um, I, but I missed the first shot on the activator. I hit the, um, the rest of the steel and had to go back to the activator, but I drove it down and then the swinger was there. So, and, and then I did the rest of my plan. I went to the tuxedo and then moved over to the left and cleaned up the other three targets, but it, you know, it went okay. The stage was all right. It just, it wasn't as quick as it, it could have been if I would have hit the, that activator steel on the first shot. Yeah, I got you. And like I said, this was, was an, another fun, quick stage that really worked on a lot of different, techniques in one yeah you know, when you sit there because you had distance um your transitions and the draw <laughs> and yeah depending on how you mm -hmm. shot it you had to be extremely fast and mm -hmm. and extremely accurate because you had a, a lot of partial covered targets and yep. some some steel with you know decent distance i don't know how far it was 10 12 yards yeah so uh, maybe a little further i don't know yeah it was so a good, then, good quick stage yeah, so like I said, this is one that I like. Um, and back when I first started shooting last summer, I could not stand partials. Now I like <laughs> them. <laughs> they don't they don't so much bother me now, you know. Well, I shot last year. I think it was last year. Mm -hmm. No, it was two years ago. A Georgia State match, and I called it the well dressed match because I I think every stage had like five or six tuxedo targets on it right and they ate me up at that match man it right. i shot so many in the hardcover and um i didn't call them i knew they were close but i didn't call them good it took so many points from me mm -hmm. i was mad at those things and i came back <laughs> right. and um i practiced on those so much i don't even think about them anymore now right. it's just a target that is only you know the only scoring areas is the alpha zone so that's just that's what i focus on yeah on those how, targets how i started looking at it it was a, after a conversation you and i had and that's how i literally started looking at it <laughs> man i was pissed at those targets 
after that match. <laughs> I hated those things. Now, um, stage 11 is a stage that got thrown out, but this is one of the stages that I ran also. So um, that's why I kept saying four, but then when you look at the scores, there's only three on there, but stage 11 is one that got thrown out. And I actually have video on this one, so I'm going to put up all the videos that I have from the state match so everybody can actually see, even the DQ. You know, I have no shame in showing the mishaps. No, and that's part of our game too, man. It happens. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, you know, I'm not one who edits anything to make it all look good, you know, but, you know, like a lot of people only put the good stuff up, but I look at it as a learning lesson. So if I did it, somebody else can learn from it as well. I didn't get to shoot 11. That one was underwater um, when I was there, so we, we didn't shoot that one. Yeah, it, it was a fun one, but it I want to say when I started, when we got there, um, it started raining. It rained for like maybe five seconds, and then it stopped. And it it was like, oh, my goodness, here we go. <laughs> this was the start of the weather for me. <laughs> so I think um, – I think I heard there were seven inches of rain over the weekend. Something like that. It was, uh, that's a lot at one time. <laughs> and I, you know, it's hard to believe that the match even happened with, with all that was going on, but mm-hmm. it turned out to be, you know, a, a good match. It was difficult for everyone. The weather made it tough, but we survived okay. it. Um, you know, we did the best we could. Yeah. So right now, I'm going to ask everybody to please stay in your seats, and we're going to take a quick commercial break, and here are a few words from our sponsors. The Gun Cleaners. Our solvent is, I think, second to none. Our lube is second to none. Their lube's heavier than water, which is just a huge thing. People don't really put a lot of thought into that, just how huge that is to have on your gun, especially if you still carry. The Gun Cleaners. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, you're going to sweat a lot of the other lubes off. With ours, it'll stay there. The Gun Cleaners. And maintaining the quality of the process, the quality of the end result, is another. And you guys are able to do both with the process that you have there. Order your supply of the lube and the solvent at www.theguncleaners.com. I'm Jason Pratt, Masterclass USPSA shooter, owner of Brass Monkey Bullets. If you're interested in competition bullets, visit www.brassmonkeybulletsllc.com or call me at 423-967-1063. For more information, my email is brassmonkeybulletsllc at gmail.com. Thank you. Are you in the market to purchase your first or next firearm, but find the atmosphere of a gun store intimidating, crowded, or uninviting? There's a way for you to purchase the gun you want while avoiding the crowds, the gruff salesmen, and the marked up prices that come with a brick and mortar gun store. The process is called a transfer, where the purchase is made in an online store and sent to a federally licensed middleman called an FFL, who processes the paperwork and background check for a firearm purchase. CAE Transfers is the FFL with the lowest transfer cost in the Midlands at only $20 or $15 with the presentation of a South Carolina Concealed Weapons Permit and $10 for repeat customers. 
If you live in Columbia, South Carolina or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFFL during checkout and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. You can find and follow CAE Transfers online at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at CAE Transfers. Thank you for your business and I look forward to seeing you soon. JM4 Tactical has developed a state-of-the-art polymer holster that will quickly become your go-to holster. With high-quality hermit oak leather, securely sewn to the interior of the molded outer Bolteron shell, your draw becomes silent and no more scratches up and down your firearm. When seconds count, you can rest assured that you will have the upper hand when you need it most. Whether you carry open or concealed, the Relic Holster is available in four different models, fitting over hundreds of different style guns. The new reliable, easy, light, individual carry holster by JM4 Tactical. Order your Relic today at jm4tactical.com. Hey, this is Brian Conley at Hunter's HD Gold. If you've never tried Hunter's HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm gonna be, come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself. Find out why shooters across the United States are changing to Hunter's HD Gold to get 43% more light to their eyes, better contrast, eyes that are not fatigued at the end of the day based on the, the colors that we use, and find out the real meaning of why they change so you don't have to. So check us out on our website, huntershdgold.com, and I look forward to seeing you at the range soon. All right, good people, we're back at it again, but this week we're not going to have word on the streets because we are kind of wore out from the match, so we're going to play catch-up <laughs> next week. Yes, know. we are. But I can let you know, everyone know that this weekend is the Keto Bussy class here in Columbia, South Carolina, and Spartanburg is going to have their match also on practice score. So if you go on practice score and look up SPSA, you can register for that match in the Spartanburg area. Now, also, I want to remind everyone, if you would like for your shooting event to be broadcasted on the M-W Tactical Podcast, please email us at info at m-wtactical.com, and we will get the word out so everyone who listens to the show can be a part of it. Also, when I was at the match, I also got the word that the Tennessee State match is going to be taking place the weekend of September 18th and 19th. So look up TAC2 on practice score, and you should be able to see that Tennessee State match coming up as well. So next week we will resume with Word on the Streets with Coach B, so you can all stay informed. So going back to the um, South Carolina State match, you did the side match, and I think you won that overall, didn't you? Uh, I won open. Somebody got me in PCC by like 0.1 of a second or something. Oh, barely. Yeah. <laughs> barely. Oh. Um, but I did win the open. Um, and yeah. actually, I went back. Let's see. I shot it Friday just to get a little bit of practice in. I wanted to shoot it. Mm -hmm. I, if I have the opportunity, I like to shoot a little bit beforehand just to you know make sure my brain is working properly and my gun is working properly. Right. So, uh, so I set the, um, the open division 
uh, best time Friday. And then after the match Saturday, we went and our squad went and we all shot it and I beat my original time. <laughs> the, oh, wow. <laughs> uh, shot Friday. Nice. Um, not by much, but, but, uh, I did win the open, um, for the side match. So I have infinite bragging rights until next year, according to what I'm told. <laughs> so my thing was that I was going to do the side match. But because mentally I strangled myself, I was like, I'm not going to go back out and pull the gun out. This was the next day after I shot. And I was like, mm, I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm just going to go ahead and ride it out. You know. So, but yeah. It was a fun little side match. And it was just for fun. And it was also kind of a fundraiser thing for the uh, South Carolina section. Mm-hmm. You got um, tickets or you bought tickets that went into a drawing uh later for the like i think they were getting ready price you know price guns price table stuff right um and it was it was simple stage it was one static popper on the left and right hand side and a plate rack in the middle but where you started there the plate rack you know only had like two or three plates visible at one time so you had to you had to walk across the shooting area either left or right whichever way you know, where you started to make all the plates visible. So you had to shoot a plate rack on the move and you had to draw to a small plate, shoot a plate rack on the move and then transition out to a small plate. So it, you know, it, you were fairly close, but it, it still took some, some skill and, and shooting a plate rack on the move is no easy task either. Right. So speaking of prizes, coach B ended up winning the Glock 43X that Lucky Shot Firearms donated to the match. She did. That's awesome prize. I actually bought a 43X from Lucky Shot Firearms last year. Nice. So check him out if you guys need any any firearms. He's in the South Carolina area. Yeah. So um, we're going to have a discussion with Lucky, and he's going to give all that information out of how to contact him and everything in um, upcoming before the show is over with in the upcoming minutes. But um, overall, like I said, I am very pleased that the South Carolina sectional state match took place. I'm also actually pleased that everybody came out and contributed in some form of a way, even with the the conditions. But it is now in the history books, and we're going to see what Charleston is going to do for next year because they're going to have to top this. Yeah, they have a good range. They've done a lot of work to it. Um, right. I'm excited to go back there and shoot one. Right now, um, unofficially declaring myself the South Carolina State Champion. <laughs> <laughs> I went back. <laughs> it, it hasn't been presented officially yet, but I went back and looked. At, I finished sixth in the Open, and the five guys ahead of me are not from South Carolina. So unless something has changed with their residency, I'm the highest placed South Carolina resident. So I'm I'm considering myself the uh, South Carolina state champion right now. <laughs> oh, nice. nice. That's one way to look at it. <laughs> Let's see if it holds. <laughs> yep. So um, also I had um, some great conversations out there. Um, I had a conversation with Chris Tilly, Shane Coley, Todd Jarrett, Jessica Hook, and she's going to have some announcements that she's going to be putting out here in the upcoming weeks. Um, 
then I also had a very interesting conversation with Mike Sexton. And a lot of people didn't know who he was, which he was a three-gun champion multiple times over, a shotgun champion, and he's also the operations manager for Lead Star Arms. Yeah, I've got to um, meet Mike a few times and shot with him a couple of times. Um, we get along real well. He's a he's a good good shooter. Yeah. So um, he actually we had um, a conversation with Stage Zero Shooting Supply, and of course, Lead Star Arms is associated with that company. And he was sitting there when I had a conversation with Donnie, who actually owns Stage Zero Shooting Supply. And he gave me the invite to come up to um, North Carolina and, you know, take a tour of the facility. And I actually extended it out. We could do a podcast and video when we go up there as well. Very nice. So is uh, Stage Zero, is that in North Carolina? Yes, they're out of North Carolina. Okay. Close to the Charlotte area. Yeah, excellent. Mm-hmm. So um, we're going to be talking to them in the upcoming minutes also. And also, you always heard me talk on the show about my buddy named Chris with the loud colors. So I actually caught up with Chris at the range and asked him if he was willing to come on to the show. And he said he was willing to come on to the show. (laughs) Oh, good. Yeah. So we're going to get his perspective of the stages, how he shot them, because he is a very great stage planner. But in his own words, what he thinks and how he moves are two different stories. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, this would be interesting. Yeah, so um, we're going to go ahead and um, get ready to make way for those conversations. And we also had another conversation with Brian Connolly from Hunter's HD Gold. So this is going to be another one that's going to be coming up here in the upcoming moments. So we can get a full spectrum of what took place at Battle at the Beach. Yes, check out Brian. He's uh, he's helped me out with some great shooting glasses I've been using for the past couple of years. Um, he can get you any style, prescription, uh, whatever you're looking for. Check him out. Hunter's HD Gold. So I got three pair of Hunter HD Golds. And the ones that I love the most far shooting is the Velocities. And I like them because it blocks out my peripheral vision. You know, so my training always has my eyes focused on movement. So, of course, when yeah, you're shooting, yeah that peripheral vision, I'm, I can easily get distracted if something moves to my left or right. So I, I wear the velocities because of that reason. But I have a pair of the calibers and I use those for my driving <laughs> and the archers are my backup for either driving or shooting, depending on which one happens first. Yeah, I, I use the the archers, I got a set of those with the first first pair I had, and I shot in them, shot with them for for a while. <clears throat> At the frame, the um, what do you call them? The earpieces, they were a little bit thick for me to wear comfortably behind, um, like the earmuff style ear pro. Mm-hmm. So um, I talked to Brian, and he actually had a a set um, of frames and lenses he was working on for uh, BJ Norris. Right. I think it, um, he's got a signature uh, style glasses out now. And I really like the frame, but I didn't really like the lens that, that BJ was using. It was a different tint. Mm-hmm. So he put some together for me that was um, kind of that style of frame with with the tint, you know, that I like. And 
I've been I've been using those. Those are my shooting glasses now. And um he okay. can do that now. He started that this year, custom custom lenses and just about any kind of frame you can come up with as long as it's a two piece lens. Now I can actually tell you I was coming back from the Atlanta area and it was raining. And of course, you know, I had on my dark glasses when I was driving because the sun was out bright. And of course, when the rain started, everything got dark. So I took the glasses off and I couldn't see anything. <laughs> I don't know why I decided to pick up the Hunter HD gold glasses and put them on. As soon as I put them on, literally, I could see through the rain. It's like it was a part like, OK, just follow this path. <laughs> no, so I, I had a similar experience Thursday when my wife and I were driving to uh, the North Carolina for the match. Mm. It was raining really bad. It was storming, and the my vision was starting to get. It was starting to get difficult for me to see the road, even. But I was wearing my glasses the whole time, so I thought, well, maybe if I lift my glasses up, it, you know, it might help a little bit. I was getting kind of desperate. I actually lost sight of the road there for a couple of seconds. So it scared me. Right. But I lifted my glasses up. I was like, oh no, it's worse. Can't see anything now. So <laughs> frantic, brought them back down real quick, and it was just raining really hard. Um, but behind the glasses um i could see a lot better in just about all conditions right so now the best part about it is is that um like i said i'm a firm believer in hunter hd goals they help me out with shooting they help me out with driving when i sit behind a computer and i do the video editing it helps me out with that as well so yeah. <laughs> i'm a firm believer in them so go um please check out hunter's hd gold and Give them a shout out, and if you actually shoot, he will let you use a pair while you shoot the match, and then you bring them back to him. Sure, yeah, he's always there. If you see him at a match, go talk to him. He'll let you try out any any pair he's got out there. Mm -hmm. All right, so you got any um, last words before we take off here, Dave, and jump to the conversations with these other good people? Well, I'm man, I'm super thankful for everyone involved. Uh, that to help make the South Carolina match possible. Mm -hmm. It was difficult. I can't imagine just from, you know, the, my experience with, with putting on local matches. It's a lot of work for a local match. And I can't imagine what these guys were going through for a major match full of rain and mud and muck and everything else you could, you could come up with. Um, they still made it happen, still made it possible. And the shooters still had a good time. And I still won the state championship unofficially. So. <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> All righty. So um, we're going to go ahead and ask everybody, please head on over to Instagram and give at CSRA shooters a follow and stay abreast on what's going on in the world there at the shooting club in Augusta, Georgia. That is ran by the mad scientist himself, Dave. <laughs> Me. Oh, I do know Travis Crane is the south carolina wheel gun champ though i can confirm that because he won overall in the revolver division hey that was it we right there <laughs> now you know travis actually got um i didn't know me and him had a competition going on but he actually started this within himself and told me about it not too long ago. <laughs> what is that so, yeah i got two side um challenges i gotta stay abreast on now <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm going to get more details about that and we're going to talk about it in, um, in the upcoming shows. Okay, good. <laughs> All right. So if everybody, please stay in your seats and we're going to 
part it off with a few words from my sponsors and then jump into some conversations with people out at the South Carolina sectional state championship match. Stay tuned. What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical. Are you in the market to purchase your first or next firearm, but find the atmosphere of a gun store intimidating, crowded, or uninviting? There's a way for you to purchase the gun you want while avoiding the crowds, the gruff salesmen, and the marked up prices that come with a brick and mortar gun store. The process is called a transfer, where the purchase is made in an online store and sent to a federally licensed middleman called an FFL, who processes the paperwork and background check for a firearm purchase. CAE Transfers is the FFL with the lowest transfer cost in the Midlands at only $20 or $15 with the presentation of a South Carolina concealed weapons permit and $10 for repeat customers. If you live in Columbia, South Carolina or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFL during checkout and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. You can find and follow CAE Transfers online at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at CAE Transfers. Thank you for your business, and I look forward to seeing you soon. JM4 Tactical has developed a state-of-the-art polymer holster that will quickly become your go-to holster. With high-quality hermit oak leather, securely sewn to the interior of the molded outer bolt-on shell, your draw becomes silent and no more scratches up and down your firearm. When seconds count, you can rest assured that you will have the upper hand when you need it most. Whether you carry open or concealed, the Relic Holster is available in four different models, fitting over hundreds of different style guns. The new reliable, easy, light, individual carry holster by JM4 Tactical. Order your Relic today at jm4tactical.com. I'm Jason Pratt, Masterclass USPSA shooter, owner of Brass Monkey Bullets. If you're interested in competition bullets, visit www.brassmonkeybulletsllc.com or call me at 423-967-1063. For more information, my email is brassmonkeybulletsllc at gmail.com. Thank you. The gun cleaners. Our solvent is, I think, second to none. Our lube is second to none. Their lube's heavier than water, which is just a huge thing. People don't really put a lot of thought into that, just how huge that is to have on your gun, especially with concealed carry. The gun cleaners. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, you're going to sweat a lot of the other lubes off. With ours, it'll stay there. The gun cleaners. And maintaining the quality of the process, the quality of the end result is another, and you guys are able to do both with the process that you have there. Order your supply of the lube and the solvent at 
theguncleaners.com. Hey, this is Brian Conley at Hunter's HD Gold. If you've never tried Hunter's HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm going to be. Come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself. Find out why shooters across the United States are changing the Hunter's HD Gold to get 43% more light to their eyes, better contrast, eyes that are not fatigued at the end of the day based on the, the colors that we use, and find out the real meaning of why they change so you don't have to. So check us out on our website, huntershdgold.com, and I look forward to seeing you at the range soon. All right, good people, we're back at it again. This time we're out at the South Carolina State match taking place in Tabor City, which you heard me talk about, Battle at the Beach. So right now, I got my main man, the same one that y'all hear the commercial from every week, Brian Conley from Hunter's HD Gold. What's going on, bro? Rock and roll, brother. Hey, Michael, doing great. This is my second time to be out here. My first time was this time last year, about a month before, though, because the match was postponed and right. moved, moved back a little bit. But I'm excited to be here in um, North Carolina for the South Carolina USPSA Sectional Championship, <laughs> which still is fun to say. Hey, yeah, that's kind of weird to say, <laughs> South Carolina and North Carolina, you know, know, representing one state, but you're doing it in another. <laughs> no, it's been a lot of fun. We've had a, we've had some very interesting weather for this match so far, but it's, I've watched a lot of competitive. Um, that's what I do is watch competitors everywhere I go. And oh, I, I, I watch everybody's emotional feedback from the match, and it's been very um, stressful for a yeah, majority oh, of people man. out here. This, what was your experience? This rain, for one, is something that would have turned a lot of people away today, just the rain alone. Outside of the rain, because I ended up getting DQ'd today, but when I got DQ'd, it was because of a downpour. That's right. right? You, were, you were actually asked to shoot in, in the unpleasant rain. situation yeah so <laughs> it got me so whatever it is what it is it's just a learning lesson just next time i know when i shoot in the rain because that's my first time shooting in the rain in a competition right. outside of doing my real job well, this would be a good you know. advertisement what super grip or something like that i guess um i use pro grip pro grip okay but i didn't i think i had it on but it was wearing off at uh, that time because my hands kept getting wet it's, it's like me and z clear i tell people right. you know z clear comes with hunter's hd gold right they're like my glasses are fogging up and i say well, did you put it on oh last month no <laughs> every time before you shoot it lasts three or four days mm -hmm. but let the product dry yes then buff it off and you'll have a lot better experience with the fog because today's been a very humid day mm -hmm. very I, humid day now i use the z clear once a week there you go every, like every sunday I put it on. How did it work for you today? Worked very well. Good. Very well. Good. Now the only downside of it was um out of the four stages I shot, I couldn't tell you anything else after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very tense but, day. Very tense day for yeah. a lot of shooters. But now one thing I can say here at the South Carolina State match, this being the larger match than a local match, of course, because they have they want to have over three hundred something shooters come through. Correct. Today I lost count after 85 people with 100 HD goals. Wow. Yes, I, I lost lost count after 85. Thank you for doing that. I didn't yeah. realize somebody was counting. That's awesome well, to hear. That's wonderful. Yeah, my Good thing stuff. is, is like I said, you have a product everybody's always talking about and everybody keeps gravitating towards. So 
of course, you know, like when you walk around every now and then, you'd be like, hey, he got the calibers on, yep. or hey, those are the archers. Yep. You know, I know that. Hey, velocity, that's what I prefer. <laughs> we had a, we had a lot of demos go out today. Right. And when the rain started, we had a lot more demos go oh. out today. Because that's when Hunter's HD Gold really performs well in mm. adverse situations with the Correct. weather. So it really helps pick up the extra um, sight that you need. And heck, right now it's, you know, 743 Eastern Standard Time, and we're, we're seeing fine. Yes. And we've had a couple of people run over and get glass. Just while we go before you got here. So now, um, two minutes before we sat down and started talking, I did tell you I was coming back from Atlanta, and it was raining, yes. like downpour raining. I put the Hunter HD goals on, and I could see literally like a half a mile up the road, but still two cars in front of the truck because it was like the backwash from the truck. Coming. They do help in bad weather, and especially if you get behind an 18-wheeler or something like that with a lot mm -hmm. of extra spray going up, it really makes a big difference to cut through that. But that's right. one of the things when we created Hunter's HD Gold for the hunter, mm -hmm. and that's how everything got started with Hunter's HD Gold, hence the name. Um, in the morning time when you go hunting, it can be like a mist right. over the green fields or something like that. It makes it very hard to see. So when we actually tested this lens, we wanted to cut through that to give yeah. us more visual acuity well, through that time so that's what you're experiencing in the rain as well but for mm -hmm. hunters it works just as well for hunters in the morning oh man like i said great product Thank i you. very do appreciate it because when i first started shooting with the glasses literally it was like a light switch came on just like that night today and i was like yo these things are amazing now it did take me about a week or two to get adjusted to the yellow tint yes you know because i never wore yellow tint before no. but after that Everything changed. I could see the front sight clearly. The brown stood, the target brown yep. stood out. Like I could see the edges, and I was like, "Man, yep. this is awesome right here." Yeah, it's it's one of those things where I, when I do demo days, I tell people when they first put them on, they get that, "Whoa, wow, what is right. this?" And I tell just just wear them, mm. go wear them, and it's going to take about ten minutes for it to calm down because you're bringing we're bringing a lot more light to your eyes right. than what most people are used to. But with a medical dye that we use, it really helps the eye builds contrast. And after about ten minutes, that yellow green goes away. Right, it all becomes contrast. So. Yes, but yeah, so. some people who aren't who you wore dark, you wore dark glasses before right. Hunter's HD Gold. So right. when you put something on that was a lot clearer, it took you a lot longer to get used to that because your eyes yeah. your eyes weren't fatigued. Mm -hmm. It was just different. Right. And it just takes a <laughs> while to get used to that. What's, what's different? Well, mm. I'm used to not being able to see anything because I'm wearing a darker lens. It's a lot darker, so the contrast was a big shock for you. So that's good to hear. Right, it's pretty yeah. Cool. So like I said, um, like yesterday when you saw me, I had the Oakleys on yesterday. Yep. And when I was driving up here, I was about a quarter of a mile away, and I started getting a headache. Oh. Right? So I put the darker lenses on to try to tame down the headache and right. didn't take them off. And then when you saw me, I was like, hey, Brian. But I had my Oakleys on. <laughs> no, that's all good. I see people. But, you know, when you're, that's one thing I tell people all the time. During the day, and you're driving, you still need sunglasses in the car because right. these won't change behind the windshield of a car because it takes UV right. to actually change the lens. Right. You know, to turn it where it gets darker. So with the front windshield being blocked uv already they won't change behind the windshield of a car so that's normal so. okay so now that so, explains no i've got theory. sunglasses i wear in my car gotcha. as well, so. okay but uh, now, late, now, early in the bad. morning late <laughs> in the evening right pull out your hunter's hd gold oh yeah it works yeah. straight in the car yeah especially it's like in the rain. yeah when it so. when it gets darker in the evening time i wear them religiously yeah i'll be um, driving home tomorrow eight hours after the match and i'll be probably getting home about two or three in the morning i'll have my hunter's hd gold on the whole time nice see shadows on, on the side of the road for any animals that are out there you can see a lot on the road mm -hmm. without wearing any glasses at all even at night right That's the big difference so now you drove six hours eight eight hours yes sir wow from alabama, alabama. to here yes sir 
And I did ask you, are you still doing the mileage challenge yep. this year? Yep. So yeah, we, 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 everybody has asked, well, they, oh, we had over 1,500 p- entries on wow. the mileage contest. That The entries actually ended on March 31st, so nobody okay. else can enter right now. Okay. So now okay. everybody's asking where my mileage is at because on December the 15th, mm-hmm. that's when we'll find out at 5 o'clock Central Time. We're gonna. I'll stop the truck wherever I'm at. Right. Go Facebook Live, read out the mileage, <laughs> right. and then my marketing director will let me know who won. I don't even know who. I don't even know all the guesses. I didn't want to know the guesses. Right. So I don't know. And I've had a lot of people ask me. They say, "Well, hey, we've got our guesses in, but is this going to change since we've had, you know, the Corona. pandemic happen, and you're not going to be driving as much?" I'm like, "Well, well I'm still you driving will be a lot driving the same." They yeah. actually stacked matches on top of matches, so I've actually got places where I'm going to on a Friday. Hmm. I'll be there Friday and, and leave Saturday not to go to another match on sunday so wow. i'm gonna make some miles up big time so the mileage yeah. guesses will be okay but so, yes we're, yeah, we're, give, we're giving away a couple of guns and all kinds of stuff so your yeah. plan is still going to be the same regardless i hope i'm doing matches to december 31st oh man <laughs> <laughs> that's dedication right there. year is, is not going in vain i promise you that man so. so i can honestly say now you are officially the hardest working man in uspsa <laughs> Thank you so much. i thought you. the i thought the match directors had it but you actually did it no, i want to i want to i want to be out here supporting the shooting sports because without the shooting sports i truly believe that we'd have issues with our second amendment Correct. and other things that are out there that i really care about more than anything and that's why i sponsor a lot of junior shooters that's why i get out there with everybody i can on new shooters and you know i take chances and just say hey you know i want to be i want to be a part of your shooting career because that's it. the longer we can keep the juniors in it and everything else it's just that's the future for my kid who's you know just graduated high school that's, that's his future for the second amendment as well so Right. That's that's what it's all about. Yeah. So that's awesomeness right there. So Hunter's HD Gold. I will honestly say, if you haven't got a pair, please go get a pair. You don't need them just for shooting. Right. You can use them for your everyday life, as we already talked about driving. Um, for me, sitting behind a computer a lot when I do video editing. Yes. I put them on, and then, like I said. Less headaches yep. just they, behind the computer. They block 100% blue light, so you won't have any eye fatigue being on the computer all day. So it right. helps out a lot. So I'm glad you recognize that. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was like the first thing I recognized oh, when I first got them. <laughs> My son wears them playing video games all the time. Oh, so he's right there for 12 hours then. It gives him longer video playing time. And it's like, well, I created that, so it is what it is. Hey, that's it right there. It's a product that works. <laughs> exactly. So um, where's your next stop after I'll, um, I'll be South in Carolina. Arkansas next week for the USPSA um Arkansas State, Arkansas, well, let me say it right, the Arkansas USPSA Section Championship. Okay. And then after that, I go down to Frostproof for two weeks for the PCC and Multigun Nationals. Okay. So that takes the rest of June up. Yeah. So. so now, regardless of what state match you go to, you have loaner pairs so people can Every come and check yes. them out. Yep. I did that um, when I rolled out this product officially two years ago. And I wanted to, you know, get out there and let people demo before they had a chance to buy it. Because when you roll a new product out that is not the cheapest on the market, I'm a, I'm a consumer as well. Right. And if I got a chance to try something before I buy it, I don't want to take your money unless I know you're completely satisfied. And right. we do the same thing on the prescription. When we make a prescription, Hunter's HD Gold, you actually get to try it before you buy it, even with your prescription. No, that's that's my wife still thinks I'm crazy, but it works. <laughs> but she no. owns the company, so she has the right to think that way. Right. So now I can. <laughs> honestly attest to that one right because you actually i sent in my prescription yep right hunters hd gold they did it when they sent it back it wasn't correct yep 
right? So then um, I send it back, yep. and then you sent them back again, and yep. it, after that it was correct. That's it. We just had to get so. the people distance right and the seg height right. And correct. Sometimes that, was it. that takes some mm -hmm. back and forth a little bit, but that's mm -hmm. not your expense. That's on me. Yeah, oh man. So like I said, somebody who truly stands behind their product is somebody who I can fully support, and I'm asking everybody else to do the same thing. So please go to HunterHDGold.com. Check out the website. Actually, go to the website and see what pair of glasses that you like. And then actually email Brian, ask a bunch of questions, and I guarantee you he will email you back within five minutes. I guarantee that. Well, I've been busy lately, but I'll, I'll, get, there within, I'll get there within a couple hours. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll go for a couple hours then. But I'm still banking on five minutes. <laughs> I, 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 that phone's with me all the time, so That's answer it. as soon as I check it. That's for sure. That's Let's it. have a customer. All right, so now the last question I have for you, okay? Where's the Hunter HD Gold gun? That's what I wanted to see. I've got them all in the truck right now. Oh, okay. I so wish, I, would, I, did, I, wouldn't, I didn't bring them out just based on the rain and everything else. It's going to be right. a messy day. Because what happens is the, the space I have under the tent, mm -hmm. with it, I keep this table in the middle now with right. all the glasses. Because if I bring out both tables, then I have to, I'm over here next to the rain on one side and all the guns are on the other side. They just right. get completely wet. And okay, I guess. I spent a lot of time during um, the pandemic to clean them. Right, right. <laughs> I'm with you on that. And um, I just didn't want to bring them. I brought out a couple of them because I have a couple people mm -hmm. ask me about some of the new custom guns that I bought recently. So right. I brought a couple of them out to show some people, but I've, I take That's them pretty it. much everywhere I go. <laughs> well, <laughs> hopefully if it's not raining tomorrow, I would like to take a picture with the 100 HD Gold Gun. There you go. We'll get it, some out tomorrow. That'll hey, work. that'll, that'll work, work right there. So <laughs> once again, I want to thank Brian Connolly for coming on to the M-W Tactical Podcast. So just like always, you hear the commercial every week. So right after this, you're going to hear the commercial again. Thanks again, Brian. Michael, thank you for being my friend. Hey, I no problem. It, I do appreciate meeting good people. And good people with a great heart. That's awesome. You know Thank what I'm saying? So, so I do appreciate knowing you and having you in my life You're as well. You're very welcome. We're going to rock and roll together. Bro. Hey, that's it right there. I appreciate <laughs> that. All right. So everybody stay tuned and listen to these few words from our sponsors. That's it. Hey, this is Brian Conley at Hunter's HD Gold. If you've never tried Hunter's HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm going to be, come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself. Find out why shooters across the United States are changing the Hunter's HD Gold to get 43% more light to their eyes, better contrast, eyes that are not fatigued at the end of the day based on the, the colors that we use, and find out the real meaning of why they change so you don't have to. So. Check us out on our website, huntershdgold.com, and I look forward to seeing you at the range soon. All right, good people. We're back at it again, and we're still at the South Carolina State match in Tabor City, North Carolina, Battle at the Beach. Right now, you do hear the guns going off in the background, so the match is still in progress at the time of this recording. But... I met somebody who was very interesting, and once again, they have supplies for the shooting world. This guy was a adamant and three gun, but he decided to make the change over for competition shooting within USPSA. The name of this company is Stage Zero Shooting Supply, and I'm gonna go ahead and introduce everyone to Donnie. So how's it going for you, Donnie? Uh, not too bad, man, glad to be here. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man, doing great. Wet day, hot day, humidity, off and on. <laughs> what, what more can you ask for? <laughs> I tell you what, at least it's staying a little bit dry for the most part today. Yesterday sucked. Oh, man, tell me about it. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about it, but <laughs> this was horrible. All right, so now um, 
I seen your, your company yesterday, and as soon as I saw the banner, I was like, okay, let me find out what these guys are about. So can you mm -hmm. go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so uh, I actually got started in uh, competition shooting about eight years ago or so. Um, got involved in three-gun really heavy. Love the people, love the sport. Decided to open a competition shooting supply store. Um, actually had a couple of uh, not-so-great experiences with some companies that wanted to sell me all the wrong things hmm. in order to sell me all the right things a couple months down the road when then when I would realize it it wasn't right to begin with and there was something better you know that would fit my needs and and progression in the sport and everything so decided to open my own company where uh, whatever somebody needs I can get them into the right thing the first time and you know if I get repeat business because they've got a new gun they're building something for the next year they're sending their friends things like that right. uh, not because I sold them the wrong thing to begin with so got in the, the three gun um, pistols holsters shotguns mag pouches uh, sights um, optics triggers everything you need for competition sh shooting in the three gun world and like you said now I'm starting to branch out more in the USPSA do a lot of the PCC stuff with lead star arms mm -hmm. and uh, their prime and helium models and the barrage models uh, selling a lot of that stuff man I've seen a couple lead star rifles come through the stage I was working <laughs> and I was almost had to be on them just to hear the timer yeah and they're, they're super fast super light and super reliable, so sell a ton of those. And I'm, I'm actually Ledstar's uh, largest dealer and everything as well, so move a lot. It's hard to keep them in stock. Man, They so go so quick. Where, where are you based out of? So I'm actually just outside of Charlotte in a little town called Marshall. Um, I actually grew up in Charlotte there my whole life with the exception of uh, some time being deployed and stuff. But uh, 28227 zip code was my, my zip code my entire <laughs> life until about a year ago when I moved out to the country and built my own little private range so I could – actually try and shoot somewhat you know decent for a change yeah well <laughs> let me ask you this what do you know about 28269 oh i know that university area <laughs> exactly yeah so i used to grow up i grew up in charlotte also okay you know okay. my dad got custody of me i went to north mech okay yeah so i'm familiar with I that see, area oh so we used to beat y'all all the time oh, basketball come on. No, no, no. Come on, football now. i think y'all had us. basketball <laughs> nah y'all didn't get us <laughs> so right now um i'm looking at your trailer and Technically, this looks like a one-stop shop. So if you got a PCC, you have everything from the grip to magazines to triggers to everything. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, this is I unique. Try. We carry, like, I carry Taylor Freelance, MBX, obviously Lead Star. I actually carry JP, SIG, and everything as well. Um, Terran Tactical, Timney Triggers, Hyperfire, um, CMC, Rise Armament, Morn Scope Mount, Nerd, Weber Tactical. Um, pretty much anything if, if you need it for for three gun or for uh, USPSA I pretty much have it um, as I start to move more into USPSA uh, over the, the summer here I'm gonna start carrying a lot more stuff for the Tanfolio the Canic the CZ uh, starting to add more stuff in the stock holster wise mag pouches um, springs base pads for some of the, the things that we don't use a lot in three gun right but are a lot more prevalent in the USPSA shooting community I got you. I got you. So, like I said, this is um very unique that you have a trailer that literally looks like a store. And looking at the end, it, it there is a workbench. Mm -hmm. So, do you actually do repairs on? I I generally don't. It's a lot more of an insurance thing. Got gotcha. you. Know, I'll put in a trigger and an AR, help somebody out if, if their gun goes down. Mm -hmm. Can't tell you how many three gun matches somebody's gas block has stopped working and I believe it. replace that yeah. or replace springs or whatever the case may be. Um, if they know how to work on their gun. 
there are tools in a workbench. I'll let them go to it. Hey, that's you know it right I mean? there. Like, you can't yeah, ask for nothing better. Save your <laughs> yeah, you know, that's it's it. It's a lot better than going home and being frustrated and out a bunch of money for the travel and the cost of the match and the ammo and everything else. Yes. So now, um, do you actually shoot USPSA? So I've been a USPSA member for about seven years, and I think I've shot probably about 10 to 12 classifiers, right. and six of those were in a classifier match earlier this year. Um, so like I said, I, I was one of those that kind of looked at USPSA as practice for three-gun, right. and I used it more for footwork <laughs> and for movement and for uh, and played the game with two on paper anywhere counts. Right. So, right. <laughs> so uh, as I'm starting to move in, I'm starting to take it more serious and, and trying to tighten up my shot group and, and work on movement and uh and everything so I can come up in classification, be more consistent. I shoot minor power factors so points matter. You gotcha. know, the, the alphas matter. Right. That's very true. So now, um, where can the good people find stage zero shooting supply at on the social medias? So, uh, social media, Instagram is at stage zero shooting supply. Same thing on Facebook. Uh, website is www.stagezeroshooting.com. And zero is actually spelt out, Z-E-R-O. There you have so, it. Stage zero before stage one. That's it right there. So um, are you on Instagram? I am. I am on Instagram, um, uh, Instagram and Facebook. I'm not really on any of the. I'm not too social media savvy, so no, I'm with so you. No TikTok, no Twitter, no, <laughs> no anything like that. Hey, me personally, I think you only need Facebook and Instagram, but go. that's it right there. So hey, it was a pleasure meeting you yes, um, sir, at I the match like and everything. And um, like I said, I was telling everybody about this who I saw come through with PCC, mm -hmm. so they can actually come through and see what you have to offer, especially if they had a problem that they didn't want to bring out publicly for everybody else to see. Right. But um, like I say. Everybody, please go check out Stage Zero Shooting Supply on their social media and stay tuned because here are a few words from our sponsors. What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two if you haven't done so go follow us on instagram and facebook by searching for m-w tactical are you in the market to purchase your first or next firearm but find the atmosphere of a gun store intimidating crowded or uninviting there's a way for you to purchase the gun you want while avoiding the crowds the gruff salesmen and the marked up prices that come with a brick and mortar gun store. The process is called a transfer, where the purchase is made in an online store and sent to a federally licensed middleman called an FFL, who processes the paperwork and background check for a firearm purchase. CAE Transfers is the FFL with the lowest transfer cost in the Midlands at only $20 or $15 with the presentation of a South Carolina concealed weapons permit and $10 for repeat customers. If you live in Columbia, South Carolina, or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFL during checkout and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. You can find and follow CAE Transfers online at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at CAE Transfers. Thank you for your business, and I look forward to seeing you soon. I'm Jason Pratt, Masterclass USPSA shooter, owner of Brass Monkey Bullets. If you're interested in competition bullets, visit www.brassmonkeybulletsllc.com or call me at 423-967-1063. For more information, 
My email is brassmonkeybulletsllc at gmail.com. Thank you. This is Brian Conley at Hunter's HD Gold. If you've never tried Hunter's HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm gonna be. Come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself. Find out why shooters across the United States are changing to Hunter's HD Gold to get 43% more light to their eyes, better contrast, eyes that are not fatigued at the end of the day based on the, the colors that we use, and find out the real meaning of why they change so you don't have to. So check us out on our website, huntershdgold.com, and I look forward to seeing you at the range soon. The gun cleaners. Our solvent is, I think, second to none. Our lube is second to none. Their lube's heavier than water, which is just a huge thing. People don't really put a lot of thought into that, just how huge that is to have on your gun, especially if you still carry. The gun cleaners. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, you're going to sweat a lot of the other lubes off. With ours, it'll stay there. The gun cleaners. And maintaining the quality of the process, the quality of the end result is another and you guys are able to do both with the process that you have there order your supply of the lube and the solvent at www.theguncleaners.com all right good people we're back at it again and this time i have the guy who i talk about every week sitting next to me but unfortunately he took the lead so now the challenge between Lucky and myself is one to two in Lucky's favor. Yay! How, how, how's it going for you, Lucky? <laughs> going good, man. Hate, hate to take the lead on a DQ, but oh, hey, no mercy, as I was oh, told. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Here we go, man. I ain't going to never live this down. <laughs> Still got a long way to go, man. We're looking forward to beating you many more times. Oh, my goodness. Uh, no, in all seriousness, man, uh, good match here in, at Low Country. Uh, a mud fest, but a lot of hard work went into it. Well, happy to come out with the win. I ain't going to lie about that, but yeah. you have plenty of time to catch up, man, and uh, raise some money for a great upcoming match. Yeah, um, I really wasn't upset about it, but um, after the DQ set in on me, the first thing after I sat down, I actually said, man, Lucky ain't gonna let me let this down. <laughs> I already knew it was coming. <laughs> yeah, man, it, it is what it is, though, man. We we all learn from it. Everybody's gonna DQ it. It uh, it's just a part of the game, you know. We push ourselves hard. We push our guns hard, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, ultimately things happen. You know, we learn from them, move on, and and try to get better with each and every match. Mm. So, what's the next match you're gonna shoot? I'm gonna try to shoot Spartanburg this coming week. Uh, which will be the first Saturday of the month. Um, okay. We'll see how that shakes out. Nathan's got a graduation coming up, and we're doing a little graduation party. So might be up to the wife this weekend. I may have mm -hmm. to hang out at the house. I got you. So I won't be able to do Spartanburg because of the fact we're going to be doing um, Keita Bussey's class. Yeah, that's um, awesome, man. Definitely appreciate uh, you guys and MW Tactical bringing in uh, all the classes and hard work you guys are putting in there. Oh, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So now – let me get your perspective of the South Carolina State match from the South Carolina coordinator's perspective. 
Man, it's so much hard work goes into this match. It literally takes a year to plan and put on a match of this level. Mm. Uh, so many awesome sponsors, man. Too many to list. I encourage you guys to look at the match book, look at the section pages of the sponsors that uh, dedicated their hard-earned products and money to make this match possible. Low Country, Mike Fritz and his crew, Jenny, and many, many others. Uh, Mike Adams, uh, Doug, you know, just just a ton of people that, that dedicated themselves to the sport. All the ROs that helped work, man. It, things went good. It, all honesty, man, we probably had one of the worst weather weekends yes. uh, to do a level two match. Uh, I think Mike said they got seven inches of rain prior to us coming up, and it rained most of the match. Mm-hmm. But um, outside of the weather, man, they they did the the best they could do with what they had, and uh, the match, the stage was was awesome. Um, I was very very pleased with the quality of the match itself, and. Mm-hmm. A couple stages end up getting tossed, man, just because it was unsafe right. uh, with the weather and mud. But uh, very, very satisfied. I, I was pleased with my performance. I thought I shot well. You know, we all got room to improve. Right. Um, but so, so happy that, you know, it sounds bad, but so happy it's over. But literally within a month, we'll start next year planning for the next match. Is that soon? Yes, sir. Uh, oh, wow. I didn't know um, it was like that. I thought it was at least, like when you say a year out, literally, I, I was thinking normally six months out but i didn't know it was literally like three weeks and then you start playing. yes sir what we do is uh we award the match uh two years out so uh we knew low country had this year's match um mm-hmm. at last year's match and palmetto gun club agreed to do the next match so um you know they're having some issues there we're going to confirm that as far as the location and uh within the next month and then we'll start uh trying to pick up sponsors and stage designs and working in the section to get the section working together to push toward a common goal of trying to be the best level two match not only in area six but uh in the united states nice. that's our goal to put on that quality of match and uh draw in the best shooters we can nice um i've seen a couple of pro shooters today and um a lot of them were like outgoing but I was noticing how they were shooting and being a little cautious in the wetness. So, oh yeah, man, there's no doubt. The there, board. Yeah. yeah, there, there's some definitely some mud out there that uh, <laughs> changed the game of how you would come into a position or leave a position, or maybe how fast you would shoot a stage normally. Uh, so when you see them guys being cautious, you know, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I've seen a couple people do the slip and jerk. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <Like, man>. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So, um. So what's next for the South Carolina coordinator's position? Um, our next big tackle will be the CRO class we have coming up at MCRC at the end of October. It'll be October 31st and November 1st. Uh, still have spots available for that. You can find that uh, on Facebook on the South Carolina section page, or you can reach out to me directly. Um, so we'll, we'll be pushing for the CRO class. Uh, you will need to be a, a RO for a year prior to taking the CRO class. But um, we, we get money for the section match. That money literally goes straight to the USPSA for us to host the CRO class. And, okay. You know, we do a CRO class one year. Next year we do an RO class. So the money that uh, we collect from the section uh, is literally is $500, and we place that all going toward our class to uh, try to benefit our section. Okay. So – I had another question for you, and it was revolved around being the coordinator for South Carolina. But how long is that position, and is it something how it went, how you got it from Wally? Is that normally how it goes? Um, 
kind of. Uh, okay. It's a two-year position. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm coming up on just a year now, and what happens is uh, basically you reach out to the match directors and they vote mm-hmm. on if they want you to retain that position or if there's somebody that wants to do the position as well, then the match directors will vote on who they would like to have the position. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Wally, he was voted in pretty much unanimously each and every year. Uh, as crazy as it sounds, usually not a high-demand <laughs> position. Right. Uh, <laughs> so Wally reached out to me. Um, asked if I'd be interested originally, um, you know, after talking with him and, you know, not knowing if I was ready to do it. I've, I've really enjoyed the process. I've enjoyed the journey. Um, but after I told him that I would do it, the match directors voted on it. And, you know, uh, having to me, uh, I was voted in unanimously as well. Uh, that's probably my biggest accomplishment because you're dealing with guys that uh, literally dedicate their whole life to USPSA and um, for them to stand behind you and say, hey, we want you to lead our section. That's important to me. Right. And I take pride in that and making sure that uh, we do things on the up and up and that we're transparent with all the clubs, whether it's our largest club in Spartanburg and MCRC or all the way down to our small clubs at CNS. Um, there's value in each and every club and each and every shooter within our state. And I want that to echo throughout our whole state. It doesn't matter if you're unclassified or if you're a grandmaster, mm-hmm. you're just as important to the sport to me. Right. And I can actually attest to that because there's been times when I have called you and you just spoke to me about questions I had back when I was first coming into the area and everything, actually when you first took on the position. So, like I said, you're doing a great job. So I think you might be like Wally and get the continuous voting (laughs) process to continue on with it. I hope so, man. I really have enjoyed the process. And, um, you know, one of the things, uh, one of my goals is to get us some more clubs in the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a couple of things working uh, on some big clubs that I think may be coming and coming on board to be some new local matches and some new opportunity for some level two matches uh, coming up in the state. So stay tuned there. Uh, definitely will keep you uh, involved in that to, uh, you know, reach out to the good people, as you say, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to get that information out there and to continue to grow our sport and our love for firearms in general. Oh, okay, I got you on that. Now, Enough about the South Carolina sectional coordinator job, all right? Tell us a little bit more about Lucky Shot Firearms. Man, uh, Lucky Shot Firearms was an endeavor that me and my wife decided to tackle. Uh, um, I've always been a firearm advocate and kind of bought and sold and traded firearms on the side. And um, literally, man, uh, not going to throw no businesses out there on blast, but we would we would go to a firearm store or a big box store, and I would hear people um, talking to salesmen about firearms. And, uh, you know, I just cringed on some of the things that <laughs> they would do and how they would act toward uh, inexperienced people. And uh, so I had a passion for that, and I told my wife, I said, man, I want to have the opportunity to educate people, not only sell firearms. You know, honestly, man, you're in business to make money. Uh, I make money, and, it, you know, it's not my full-time job with Lucky Shot Firearms, but um, I use it to support my USPSA habit. <laughs> and, you know, it, sometimes it pays some bills here and there. But, um, you know, my number one goal with Lucky Shot Firearms is to be able to educate shooters and um, – offer a service to novelty shooters as well as experienced shooters, just a pleasant buying experience. Um, uh, one of my big accomplishments, I think, is there's, man, there's 
millions of different firearms and uh, sometimes people ask you things and there's no shame to say hey I don't know let me do a little research for you and uh, so my goal with Lucky Shot Firearms is literally uh, I want to grow but I have no admirations of becoming a box or a chain store I'm a home-based FFL operate by appointment only um, and I like that I like uh, having a personal connection with my customers okay I got you on that so now um, how can the good people find you on social media uh, Lucky Shot Firearms has its own Facebook page. Uh, it's kept up to date. LuckyShotFirearms.com uh, is also a website. You can contact me uh, through the website directly. You can contact me through Facebook. My Facebook is Lucky Gray. Uh, you know, pretty easy to find. Uh, big, uh, big white guys. So, <laughs> you know, it should be should be easy to tell. Uh, you know, with a lot of USPSA videos on there. So, um, also uh, you can reach out to me at Lucky Gray at SCSection.com, or I apologize, it's Lucky Gray uh, SCSection at Yahoo.com. Um, that's my section email, so uh, I respond to that pretty frequently. Um, so, pretty easy to find, man. All my contact information is on the website and Facebook as well. All right, that's what it is. So, for those of you who've been hearing me talk about the person who I've been beating and I'm going to win, <laughs> this is Lucky who has actually pulled the lead off at the South Carolina State Championship. So congratulations, Lucky. Well-deserved. But I'm coming back hard. That's all I'm going to tell you. I am coming back hard. I, I wouldn't expect any different, man. But I'm not going to lie. It is uh, very, very encouraging to me to be up 2-1. After me having to listen for four or five consecutive shows, I'm up 1-0. I'm up 1-0. Lucky ain't been shooting for two months. <laughs> I got to do something to encourage you to get back hey, out there, man. man. I, I wasn't going very far, man. Just just a slight break uh, with uh, mm. all the COVID stuff and work right. and mm. some home projects. But ready to hit it back hard, man. Mm. And uh, I know you're going to be coming, man. So, yeah, that's it right there. Uh, you trying to 2-2, two, two, I'm trying to 3-1. So. <laughs> hey, that's it. So once again, I want to say thanks to my buddy, Lucky Gray, for coming on to the M-W Tactical Podcast. And like always, you're always welcome to come on to the show, even if you just want to play co-host duties with me and Dave or just want to um, joke around with me. Oh, so it sounds this, awesome. It's always there for you. Thank you for the opportunity, man. Thank you for all you do for the shooting community. Uh, mm-hmm. We truly appreciate you, brother. All right. I appreciate that. So, everybody, please stay in your seats and hear a few words from our sponsors. What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please, go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical. Are you in the market to purchase your first or next firearm, but find the atmosphere of a gun store intimidating, crowded, or uninviting? There's a way for you to purchase the gun you want while avoiding the crowds, the gruff salesmen, and the marked up prices that come with a brick and mortar gun store. The process is called a transfer, where the purchase is made in an online store and sent to a federally licensed middleman called an FFL, who processes the paperwork and background check for a firearm purchase. CAE Transfers is the FFL with the lowest transfer cost in the Midlands at only $20 or $15 with the presentation of a South Carolina concealed weapons permit and $10 for repeat customers. 
If you live in Columbia, South Carolina or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFFL during checkout and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. You can find and follow CAE Transfers online at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at CAE Transfers. Thank you for your business and I look forward to seeing you soon. Hey, this is Brian Conley at Hunters HD Gold. If you've never tried Hunters HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm gonna be, come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself. Find out why shooters across the United States are changing the Hunters HD Gold to get 43% more light to their eyes, better contrast, eyes that are not fatigued at the end of the day based on the, the colors that we use, and find out the real meaning of why they change so you don't have to. So check us out on our website, huntershdgold.com, and I look forward to seeing you at the range soon. The gun cleaners. Our solvent is, I think, second to none. Our lube is second to none. Their lube's heavier than water, which is just a huge thing. People don't really put a lot of thought into that, just how huge that is to have on your gun, especially if you can still carry. The gun cleaners. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, you're going to sweat a lot of the other lubes off. With ours, it'll stay there. The gun cleaners. And maintaining the quality of the process, the quality of the end result, is another, and you guys are able to do both with the process that you have there. Order your supply of the lube and the solvent at www.theguncleaners.com. All right, good people. We're back at it again. And I have my buddy that you hear me talk about from time to time on the show. Matter of fact, I think he's a very great dresser, but the colors are a conversation starter in my opinion so without further ado i have my buddy on the show chris Britt, aka chris with the loud colors what's up chris <laughs> hey how's it going mr mike how you doing today hey i'm doing great man doing great glad uh, to be no, done with um yeah i'm just glad to be done with that south carolina state match because i was wore out afterwards Man, I, I, I have worked matches similar to that in the past with that much rain, but not with Ooh. anything with that much mud. I, I do not envy you as the staff, man. Everybody was positive all the way through it. All the staff mm. was still smiling even toward the end of the day. And I don't know how because it was it was a great match. But whoo, that was, <laughs> those were some rough conditions. <laughs> it was, man, I, I tell you, like, it was a few times I was about to tap out. But luckily, we, you know, we had ice um, right there where we were at. So, um, Gary, who I was working with, he actually went out and bought ice every morning. You know, we all had a cooler, we all had drinks, Gatorade, water. So we, we all stay hydrated, but you know, Gary had his fan. I had my fan and cool rags. And if it wasn't for that, I would have tapped out. <laughs> and that, that was my thinking, you know, when I looked and checked the weather, it was like, 80% rain, 90% rain the whole time. So I prepared for the batten down the hatches with the umbrellas and the rain right. fly for the bag and mm -hmm. extra pair of shoes and socks and all that stuff. And I get there and I, I'm not complaining because it was great to be able to shoot in sunshine when I know other people shot in five inches of rain other days. 
but <laughs> being prepared for rain and not having the fan and not having the cool towel and, and only having enough water to get through it. It was, and the, the little mm. bit of a delay standing around just waiting since the stages were thrown out. Uh, nothing huge, no big delays or anything. Just the, you know, that little bit of time. It, it certainly was getting along by the end of the day, but uh, I think all things considered, it moved along very well. Yeah. So now let me let me get your perspective from the shooter standpoint of the stages that you shot, because as we stated earlier in the show, that it went from 11 stages to eight stages. So what you shot, what was your perspective overall? Uh, well, I shot Saturday p.m. So by our squads coming through, we were in the very last flight. So weather conditions best of the best ground conditions probably worst of the worst uh mm -hmm. a few of the stages uh up the top kind of in the the high ground i guess you could say right. uh, those weren't too bad uh just a, a little bit of mud uh but nothing bad at all but man those stages down in the pit and the new stages that they had uh back where uh what would have been eight, nine, and 10. The, the trail back there when we were going back was completely all the way across the road, four, six inches of mud, maybe. Uh, they mm. were going through with the tractor, scraping the top off so you could get back there. Uh, and there was basically just enough inside the shooting areas to be able to move through. I think I think the shooting area, the, the starting position on that next to last stage, I think low tide was uh, with your feet touching the marks, so you're sunk about eight inches down into the mud. Uh, mm. But it, nothing was unsafe. I mean, it was still very safe. Uh, I thought I was going to die on John Eden's stage over there, uh, <laughs> the one next to it. I, I tried to plant at the back of the box, and half of my foot hit some fairly sturdy mud, and the other mm. half hit some swamp. So I uh, mm. took a couple steps out the back of the box, probably scared a couple people. But uh, everything stayed in control. Everything stayed down range. And uh, luckily, you just have to know how to work in conditions like this. And you got to run with your feet underneath you and move slower, go at 70 percent instead of 90 percent. Yeah. So when I actually shot the stages, it wasn't that muddy in the back. And when I went back there to go check on a few people, it was like, man, this is dangerous right now. <laughs> I was actually surprised that they actually kept one stage up that was back there, you know, and it was the one where um, the swinger with the tuxedo next to it with the four steel. Yep. Yeah. yeah. The, where the, the four steel were not the ones in a line. There was two and two. That was the one that had the swing Correct. on it, right? Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was the one where the start, by the time we ran that stage. Uh, so that was, we started um, on, three so that would have been one two three four that would have been our fifth stage that we shot out of the eight for the day so basically mm. halfway through our day and they said the start position was down in the mud but the mud was mostly dry like there were just kind of holes that you had your feet in it wasn't really it wasn't really even that slippery to be honest like the there was a lot of mud but it was fairly thick so mm it was kind of the opposite of slippery. Like, you know, usually the mud and it's wet and slick and you get going and you can't stop. And this was the kind of mud that <laughs> kind of pulls you in and you just couldn't get going to get out of it. <laughs> so now since we had the bad conditions out of the stages that you shot with or without the rain, the weather, the mud, what would you consider your favorite stage? Hmm. I, uh, I kind of like the uh, the high port low port stage because you know, you know you've shot with me. I'm I'm not exactly a tall fella, right? Uh, so uh, that that high port was 
<laughs> a little bit up there, just enough of an up there to kind of make me have to get up on my toes a little bit. And the low port, honestly, I think the mud kind of helped that low port a little bit because that made it a little bit easier to slip down there and try to get back up. So uh, I thought there was a lot of good hardcover and no shoots and having to figure out what you're going to shoot from where you had options. So it wasn't just a go here, shoot this, go there, shoot that. You know, there, there were plenty of different ways you could have shot the stage. So I, I enjoy having the puzzle to solve. Right. Now the memory stage, how long did it take you to figure that one out? <laughs> uh, what's today? <laughs> oh, you're still thinking about it. <laughs> oh man, that one, that's the second stage that I shot. And I, I drove my, my drive right into the lumber yard off of that one. Like it was, Ooh. it was bad. I failed to engage two of the targets. So I had four mics and two FTEs right on the second stage of the day. So Try to go after the Ricky Bobby method after that to make it back up, and it didn't really work out. But oh, I, yeah. I walked into the the that memory stage kind of rushed. I didn't get to see it uh, beforehand, and as mm -hmm. our squad was walking it, I never could really get a good plan. I, I got the best plan that I thought I could come up with, and you know that that always goes out the window halfway through uh, if you miss a step or so. So yeah. I, I knew as soon as I finished shooting, I had that I had too many rounds left in the mag that the dance wasn't right, but. Right. It was what it was. You take your lumps, you move on, and just try to make up for it. Now, you know, that was the one stage I was really looking forward to getting to, only because that was the longest stage it took me to come up with the plan to do it. So did you start on the left or right side of the memory stage? I contrary to what you would think i actually ran the. i, I am left-handed in case anybody mm. doesn't understand that I, I shoot with the wrong hand uh but mm. on that stage i, I ran the right-handed stage plan I, I started over on the right side where everybody mm. else was starting well i guess no that'd be i ran the right-handed stage plan starting on the left side of the stage and, and running it that way uh mm. I, I think it was a great design stage i mean the fact yeah. that they were just Hey, they're wide open targets. All you got to do is go find them and shoot them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there weren't any no shoots. There wasn't any partial cover, no steel, no swingers. It's just a bunch of wide open targets. Go shoot them. <laughs> so the next time we link up, I'm going um, to print out the matchbook and I'm going to show you how I actually came up with the way to do it. And I literally went back two times and was air gunning. And I was like, okay, yep, that's it. That's it. And I hit everything, you know, just looking at the targets, the way I came up with this design, starting from the right, moving towards the left. Ah, uh, very nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I said I got I walked it probably, I don't know, maybe maybe four times. You know, our, our mm. three minutes, we had a fairly small squad I think we only had seven in our squad. But right. here's seven people trying to figure that mess out in three minutes. It was I, I, I was that was the only stage that I walked up to on the day that I couldn't close my eyes before I shot the stage and mm -hmm. shoot it in my head. And I, right. I know that it's going to be a train wreck if I can't, when after make ready comes up before I, before I start, if I can't close my eyes and run the stage, then I know it's going to be, I got some making up to do or got some work to do to look out for. And it was, that was one of those stages for me. Yeah. And like, like I said, I'm, I'm like I said, I, I said this when we was out there, if Chris was out here, he could figure this out faster than I did. But it literally took me 45 minutes, not 45 complete minutes. It was like 15 minutes the first time. Then I came back, you know, did a little bit, left again, came back again. And then the last time I was like, yep, that's it. I got it now. So, but I'm going to show you on paper what I did and how I did it. So what was the the stage you liked the least? Because they took out three 
three stages. So I think one of those three stages they took out might have been your favorite. Oh, well, I'm going to say that one of the stages that they took out was would have been my least favorite. That all steel stage like that, that plate rack stage. Oh, yes. That plate rack killed my match last year. Like I was cruising and that was my last stage. And Mm -hmm. generally I can shoot a plate rack. Generally, I can shoot a Texas star. But apparently, if you try to combine the two of them, I can't get anything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that that was another one where I was like, I'm going to come back to it. And then I just thought, okay, if it's just steel, I'm going to shoot them as I see them. But like I said, they, they took it out. So I was like, okay, cool. That's one less thing you really got to worry about. Oh, yeah. No, that was mm. – and that was – I was kind of happy that that one got out. I, that, if they had taken the memory one and that one out, then it would have been a perfect match. <laughs> <laughs> I guess my, like, least favorite would probably be – probably the back – it had to be back in the back. And, and really not because of stage design, just because mm. of the – the condition on the ground when we were running the stages like it, it, the way that, uh, I think it was low tide, the, the one with the, that we were talking about earlier with the swinger, right. with the two and the two big poppers and the two mini poppers behind it. Right. I mean, that thing was set up to where it, stepping in to that front corner and just smashing. If you happen to time the swinger, right, that could be, you know, sub 10 second stage, no mm. problem. But it's going to take a little bit of a, a, you know, a controlled slide into that last spot to get those that last target around yeah. the around the barrel. And I don't think anybody could really comfortably do that. You know, the way yeah. I don't think you could comfortably run the stage the way that the stage designer intended it with the conditions that were on the ground. But that's not saying that it was an unsafe stage. It was it was still pretty. It was still safe and it was still fun to shoot. It was just. Uh, I was a little less confident in my feet. So I was thinking more about my feet than I was about everything else that need to be thinking about. That's it right there. So um, what's the next match you're going to shoot? Uh, I am not shooting any really big matches more this year until North Carolina. Uh, okay. I'm, a, I'm an inside pasty office worker. Okay. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that outside July, July uh, September, August heat. It doesn't mm-hmm. really do too hot for me, right? Uh, so I kind of shoot some local matches. Uh, I'll be tearing it up in Spartanburg, maybe over in Lake Lure. I might make it down your guys' way to uh, maybe to Kentucky or CSRA uh, in the next gotcha. uh, month or so. Yeah, I think the next match I'm going to actually shoot will be the MCRC match because this weekend we got Keita Bussy coming in for that movement class. So that's going to take me out for Spartanburg, and then the next one I'm going to do will be MCRC. Ah, yeah. Next one, the second Saturday is the the match that I run up in up in the sticks. So definitely mm-hmm. that. Well, certainly I'll be shooting that match, but uh, I'll be uh, taking some pointers from the way those stages were set up to maybe throw yes. in a couple of little extra flares this uh, for that second Saturday. Oh yeah, that's it right there. So um, this is my buddy uh, Chris Britt, aka Chris with the loud colors. How can the good people find you on social media and check out your videos? Oh, I am on the Facebooks uh, as Chris Britt. I, I used to post onto the YouTubes, but uh, apparently I'm pretty rough on cameras. So uh, I've uh, broken a Go couple Go GoPro mounts, and I broke one of the shooters' cams cameras already. So mm-hmm. I'm down to uh, just boosting posting on the Facebooks now. Gotcha, gotcha. So there you have it. Go check out my man Chris Britt. And I can actually tell say about Chris is that. He is somebody who has a different approach when it comes to stage planning, and it's very unique considering that he's left-handed, but a lot of times his stage plans work best for right-handers also. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, please go check out my man, Chris Britt, and 
thanks a lot, Chris, for coming on to the show. And anytime you want to come on, just let me know and you're on. Hey, man, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Hey, no problem. All right. So everybody, please stay in your seats and hear a few words from our sponsors. What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical. Are you in the market to purchase your first or next firearm, but find the atmosphere of a gun store intimidating, crowded, or uninviting? There's a way for you to purchase the gun you want while avoiding the crowds, the gruff salesmen, and the marked up prices that come with a brick and mortar gun store. The process is called a transfer, where the purchase is made in an online store and sent to a federally licensed middleman called an FFL, who processes the paperwork and background check for a firearm purchase. CAE Transfers is the FFL with the lowest transfer cost in the Midlands at only $20 or $15 with the presentation of a South Carolina concealed weapons permit and $10 for repeat customers. If you live in Columbia, South Carolina or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFL during checkout and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. You can find and follow CAE Transfers online at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at CAE Transfers. Thank you for your business, and I look forward to seeing you soon. JM4 Tactical has developed a state-of-the-art polymer holster that will quickly become your go-to holster. With high-quality Hermit Oak leather, securely sewn to the interior of the molded outer Bolteron shell, your draw becomes silent and no more scratches up and down your firearm. When seconds count, you can rest assured that you will have the upper hand when you need it most. Whether you carry open or concealed, the Relic Holster is available in four different models, fitting over hundreds of different style guns. The new reliable, easy, light, individual carry holster by JM4 Tactical. Order your Relic today at jm4tactical.com. I'm Jason Pratt, Masterclass USPSA shooter, owner of Brass Monkey Bullets. If you're interested in competition bullets, visit www.brassmonkeybulletsllc.com or call me at 423-967-1063. For more information, my email is brassmonkeybulletsllc at gmail.com. Thank you. This is Brian Conley at Hunter's HD Gold. If you've never tried Hunter's HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm gonna be, come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself. Find out why shooters across the United States are changing to Hunter's HD Gold to get 43% more light to their eyes, better contrast, eyes that are not fatigued at the end of the day based on the, the colors that we use, and find out the real meaning of why they change so you don't have to. So 
check us out on our website, huntershdgold.com, and I look forward to seeing you at the range soon. The Gun Cleaners. Our solvent is, I think, second to none. Our lube is second to none. Their lube's heavier than water, which is just a huge thing. People don't really put a lot of thought into that, just how huge that is to have on your gun, especially with concealed carry. The Gun Cleaners. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, you're going to sweat a lot of the other lubes off. With ours, it'll stay there. The Gun Cleaners. And maintaining the quality of the process, the quality of the end result, is another. And you guys are able to do both with the process that you have there. Order your supply of the lube and the solvent at www.theguncleaners.com. Thank you for taking the time to hang out with us on the M-W Tactical Podcast. Remember, a new podcast comes out every Tuesday. If you cannot wait for Tuesday, go and listen to past episodes to catch up on what you missed. Make sure you visit www.m-wtactical.com and see what all is offered on the site where you can't even purchase M-W Tactical Apparel. But please go to our Facebook and Instagram page and follow us on our journey in the sport of competition shooting and the realm of the two-way community. Until next week, keep shooting, keep practicing, and have fun.